magic we're sitting here on stage. So um, this morning, as I mentioned, we are going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, this morning, we're going to be commissioning David and Elaine as they step out <laughs> to, to plant the Kettering Vineyard. And so we're really thrilled um, and really excited about this journey ahead. And, uh, you know, we've been planning this for nearly a year. And so I think when we first started this conversation, we thought, would this time ever come? You know, uh, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? And so we are thrilled uh, what today means and what it brings. Before we have a chance to hear from David and Elaine, I wanted to just take a moment uh, to answer the question and say, why do we plant churches? Why do we, why do we plant churches? And, and what does church planting even mean? Because uh, if, you, um, if you look in the Bible, you won't see those, those words. Okay, so then they're not in the Bible. Um, this, this activity that we talk about so often, church planting, is not there. But the thing that is in the Bible is this call to go and make disciples. Jesus, at the end of Matthew's gospel, in chapter 28 and verse 18, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so Jesus makes it clear that we are called as his disciples to make disciples. And, and, and the process of making disciples, you know, what, 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 what do disciples do? They, um, they do the things that Jesus teaches them to do. And, um, and eventually, if you get enough of them, you do it in community. And, um, and if you like, the byproduct of making disciples is a church. Mike Breen, the, um, the Anglican pastor and missiologist, he says this, if you make disciples, you always get the church. But if you make church, you rarely get disciples. And so our hearts and our passion is to make disciples. That's why we want to see churches planted, because we are making disciples. And as we press on, again, this pedal of multiplication, as we begin to reimagine things post this pandemic, at the heart of what we want to do is that process of making disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make some more disciples. And that leads to church, doesn't it? It leads to the church being planted. And we know that that is very much at the heart of what David and Elaine want to do in Kettering. And so why plant churches? After all, aren't there loads of them? You know, there's, there's a ton of churches already out there. And yes, there are many wonderful, amazing churches doing wonderful, transformational things 
in Kettering. But despite this, against a growing population, it's estimated that less than 5% of our population would identify as Christian or attend a church on some sort of regular basis. On top of that, if another 10% of the residents of Kettering and the surrounding area woke up next Sunday and there was no restrictions, um, that's, a, that's a caveat, uh, but if they woke up next Sunday with no restrictions and they decided to go to church, there wouldn't be enough seats to hold them. And so the truth is, if we believe the Spirit of God has called us to go and make new disciples, we need more churches starting. We need more churches starting in Kettering, in our county, and in our region. And our hope is in planting new churches is that we reach new people. And we reach new people with the unchanging message of Jesus in a way that hopefully they can understand. You know, the message of the gospel never changes, does it? But the method, the way we communicate that message is always changing. And so we need new churches to find ways to communicate the gospel most effectively. Further to this, studies continually show that planting new churches is by far the most effective way to reach unchurched people with the gospel. Statistically, new churches best reach new generations, new residents, and new people groups. Tim Keller from New York City says this, the vigorous continual planting of new congregations is the single most critical strategy for the numerical growth of the body of Christ. And so our sense is the best opportunity to reach further in this next season is through the planting of churches. And in many ways, we feel ready to prime that pump uh, to see what could happen for the long haul as together, as, as what we described last week as a, as a family of churches, we commit ourselves to seeing even more churches planted. And so today significant in many ways. It's significant for David and Elaine, who have carried a, a vision for this church in their hearts for many years. But it's also significant for us as a church. And my sense and my hope and my prayer is that we would have many more Sundays like this one, where different folks, different people, different groups of people sense the Lord leading them on a similar path to David and Elaine. And here's the crazy thing. Some of those people who we might lay hands on in the future and send from here may not even know Jesus yet. Isn't that exciting? That, well, that excites me. Um, and so we are excited and expectant for what's ahead. Amen? Amen. So David and Elaine, I've spoken too much now. Um, many people um, 
either watching at home or in this room will know you, but for those who don't, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves? I'm Elaine. Um, I've been in the vineyard movement for about 19 years now. Um, the last four of those have been at Kettering. It's been a real honour. Uh, I work part-time as a, uh, an administrator for a church property company, so uh, I get to match church planters to church properties, which is a real joy. Um, I have twin children who are 20 now, so they're adults, and they're at university. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, I became a Christian at 19 at college, so I've been a Christian all my adult life, really. So there was, there was a comedian some years ago who said, um, I was born at a very young age. Um, so, uh, and I grew up in a, in a family that was, I think, nominally Christian. My grandmother certainly was a Christian, but my parents weren't really active Christians. Um, but that heritage had an effect on me. Um, and then when I was at school, I came to know Jesus for myself. Um, and I can remember at the beginning thinking, you know, I was doing God a favor by, um, Having, but he could have me on his side. And uh, what I found out uh, subsequently was that actually uh, God, it was God who was doing me a favor by being on my side. Um, and uh, when I started to learn that, that was amazing. So like Elaine, I, I've got grown-up children. They're all over the world. I've got one in Australia, one in Copenhagen, one in Dubai at the moment, but based in Newcastle, uh, and one in Fleetwood in Lancashire. Um, and I've got two grandchildren um, now, so that's, that's lovely. Um, when I lived in Manchester, we got involved in a vineyard church that was one of the earliest vineyard churches in the UK. And what we found was that, uh, what I found was that it was like coming home. It was like a church that I've been looking for, for all my Christian life. Um, and that doesn't say that I haven't found great value in other churches, but it was like home for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I felt like I always wanted to follow Jesus, but I didn't really have a framework for doing it very well. Um, and so when we, when my first wife and I moved to Cambridgeshire, um, I kind of made some wrong decisions, bad decisions, and fell away from God for about eight years. And as a, at a time when my marriage was breaking up, um, God really spoke to me and turned me around. So it was one night, sorry, breaks my, me up saying this, but there was a time when um, I couldn't sleep one night, and I got up in the middle of the night, and I promised an old friend who'd sent me a book that I would read his book, not really meaning that I was going to read his book, but in the middle of the night, I thought I'm gonna, I'd read it because I haven't got anything else to do. I can't sleep, and as I picked up the book, I thought, I suppose if I'm going to read a Christian book, I ought to have a Bible just in case I need to look up some Bible verses, and I, sorry, as I picked up the Bible, this voice said to me as clearly as I can say, hear you, you can hear me saying it to you now, read Romans 9. And in that moment, I read Romans 9, I got to that passage which quotes Deuteronomy, which says, um, I will have mercy on whoever I will have mercy on. And I knew God was having mercy on me. Um, and it was an amazing time. And so as a result of that, I, I was like turned around. I was walking in one direction and suddenly I'm turned around walking in the opposite direction. Uh, and it's been a long journey since then. That was about 16 years ago. 
Um, but, uh, you know, God spoke to me. He, he, he's taken me through some painful things, including my marriage breaking down. Um, but he was in it. Um, and the journey back began. Wonderful. So you've, um, you've both been around the Vineyard Family of Churches uh, for a number of years and served in different ways, in different contexts. But what was the process like of sensing, you know, it could be, it could be seen as quite an ethereal thing, and it's sensing God had called you to do this thing that you're about to embark on. What was that, what was that process like? Well, I guess because of my falling away from God, um, when I came back to him, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm good for nothing. I can stack chairs maybe or, or, or welcome team or something. I can clean the loose, whatever needs doing. So I thought, well, I'll just step in and serve. I just knew that God wanted me to be part of church. Um, I found that there was a, a vineyard church about 18 miles from where I lived. Um, and so I just decided to serve in whatever way I could. Um, and then when we got married um, 11 years ago, God started to nudge us um, a bit about different things. And first thing was that we got invited to do some training within the church um, for, for some sort of leadership. And again, I didn't expect to be involved in that, but we were invited into it. So we pressed into that and then we were invited to lead a home group. Um, and, uh, you know, that was very much under supervision because they knew the mess that I'd made in my life. So... Yeah, I think it was just um, during leading the, the home group that we really kind of learned to pastor people. We were the first point of call for any issues in our group and, and also training them and um, uh, teaching the Bible. So it was a really, really good foundation. We kind of threw ourselves into all the other areas of church life. So we, we basically did loads of stuff, children's ministry and worship. David did the worship and teaching and um, yeah, and welcome. So yeah, it, it was uh, a bit of everything really, yeah. And, and you kind of sense God saying Kettering. What, tell us a little bit about that. Well, well, in the process, we started to go to some area days in the east, east of East Anglia. Um, and one day I went to um, Jeremy and Elaine Cook who planted the Hull Vineyard Church. Um, were speaking, and he, he said that they, he talked about his discernment journey. Um, and so we kind of, I came back from that and I said to Elaine, we need to pray into what God is calling us to do. Um, and Jeremy said that they set aside two days a week to fast and pray specifically about that. They had holidays off, I think. but um, And we, we kind of set ourselves to just really submit to what God wanted to do in our lives. Um, and, you know, I think the presumption for us was that because, you know, we're, we're quite young. I know I've got highlights put in my hair to make me look older and wiser. But we, we, we thought that probably we would be like an, an older couple, the olders of a church, you know, supporting the, uh, the Tom and Ashes and the younger people who would be doing stuff. Um, but actually, we, we're making presumptions about that. So, you know, I would say to anybody, don't make presumptions. Um, so we started going to all sorts of uh, training sessions, days away. The hub training, um, uh, I'd really commend that. It isn't just about church planting. It's really good for leadership training. So, you know, um, if, you, if, you want, if you think you might be called to leadership in any way, 
think about joining the hub training. There's some excellent training there. Um, and, um, and one of the days we, we met Steve and Tammy and, uh, at, a, at a training day. Um, and I got chat chatting to Steve, and I think I might just be Steve, not Tammy, but, but I got chatting to Steve, and uh, he he kind of um, shared the vision that he had. This was about six six and a half years ago, I think, um, of a multi-site, and we thought that would suit us. It would be suit, you know, we can leave all the all the stuff we don't want to do, the rubbish. The, sorry, um, the, the, the governance and all the rules and you know the legal and trustees and all that sort of stuff. We can leave that to to him and and the team at Central Vineyard. So uh, in a process, we then transitioned from the church we were in in Potton um, towards Northampton. And for a year, we came uh, probably once a fortnight because it was a 30 mile, 60 mile round trip. Um, and then in that year, we decided that we felt God was calling us to Kettering. And there were some prophetic words. And you know, in all of this, we were trying to hear what God was saying and listen to his voice. Um, and so that's how we ended up um, coming to Kettering. So, um, yeah. So... Um... Last week, we uh, we talked about reimagining our multi-site structure, and we said that we are kind of changing the way we're defined. We're we're going from this model that says we're one church in multiple locations, and uh, we're moving towards something that looks like a family of churches. And and one of the reasons I gave, you may remember, is that. We, we wanted each location to kind of be able to express their God-given identity, uh, that we recognize that uh, even though there's only a short distance from each church location, that actually there, there, are, there are some different expressions and different cultures. And, and, and that means that each church gets to formulate its own vision. And, um, and so with that in mind, David and Elaine, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the vision for the Kettering Vineyard? Well, it was, it was kind of a, just over a year ago that, that we were just sensing that something qu- wasn't quite working for us. Um, what we expected from multi-site wasn't quite working. Um, and we had, a, we had a discussion with Steve and Tammy in January um, of last year before the lockdown. Um, and we were kind of like, how do we say what we're thinking? And But they came up with it first and they were saying, you know, that, that actually they were thinking maybe something needs to change. Um, so it was very consistent with what we felt God was saying to us. One of the things is, uh, probably the main thing is that the, the, the culture of Kettering is, is quite different from Northampton. So we just felt like we needed to do something differently in Kettering to what you guys are doing in Northampton or in Rawns. And so it was a it was a real challenge to try and work that one out. Um, Stephen Stephen Tammy, I think Tammy said to us, actually we see that you're behaving. I think she meant misbehaving. Um, that we were behaving like church planters, not multi-site pastors. Um, and uh, you know we sit, so we started to then explore as lockdown started. Um, what local autonomy might be for us in Kettering. So there's a whole process we went through. Yeah, and um, we started to formulate our vision and um, we felt it should be reaching out, building up, sending out. 
And in terms of reaching out, sort of reaching the community around us, reaching out to God first and foremost, and then reaching out to the community around us. So um, the, one of the first things we're going to do in May is uh, run an online alpha to kind of begin that process. Um, we uh, felt building up in terms of building up each other, um, building up uh, in the faith in Jesus, building up in knowledge of his word and building up as a community of believers. And in terms of sending out, um, you know, just sort of equipping people to be kingdom carriers, to go out into Kettering and the surrounding areas. Uh, to share their faith and also to bring change to the community. So uh, we we want to partner with um, um, agencies. We've already got a couple in our church who are part of Food Bank and we want to do more of that to really try and bring transformation in Kettering. And um, also Kettering's got a long history of being a, a missional town, a mission sending town with um, Carrie, who you might have heard of from a few hundred years ago. And we, we really long to see those wells unblocked. And um, we'd love to see people being sent out from Kettering Vineyard to plant other churches. So our, our vision is very much based on our values. And so we spent quite a lot of time over the last six months really pressing into what values that we have as a church. Um, and I don't know whether you've ever seen the picture of the vineyard person, but, um, you know, the foundations that we build what we're doing on are the Bible. We want to be a biblically literate church. We want to be a kingdom of God oriented church. Um, we believe that Jesus is our head. What, what Jesus says needs to happen, needs to go. And part of the problem is we don't always hear what he's saying to us. Um, and um, we want our church to, to have a culture that is, um, you know, uh, gracious and compassionate and caring um, that actually works towards building up our community and building up our people. Um, so we... we yeah, you know, the, the vineyard person also talks about worship and intimacy with God as one of the legs, compassion ministries as, as the other leg, uh, reaching out to those who are lost and serving the community um, and um, reaching out to other churches. You know, we are part of one church. Jesus has one church. There's lots of division in the church, but Jesus has one church and he loves his church and we want to show that love to others in our community. And then the, the body of Christ is, it, you know, they talk about the, the church as being like a community, a family. We want to be like that. Um, we want to be a school where we're learning because actually we've all got ideas and thoughts that come from our own backgrounds, not from what God wants. So to learn what he wants. Um, we want to be a church that's a hospital where people can be healed and restored and have their lives transformed. And we want to be an army that reaches out to serve uh, the people of God and the world around us. Wonderful, wonderful. So what we're going to do now is we are going to, um, Tammy's going to read some different um, statements um, for the commissioning. And if David and Elaine accept, then we will pray for them at the end. <laughs> 
This is our chance to get out, yeah. is it? <laughs> if they run, uh, who's the second in command for catching? So, uh, so, um, so um, yeah, so Tammy's going to read some different statements. We're going to, uh, and then at the end, we're going to pray for David and Lane. Um, but we'd also like to pray for those in Kettering. And so um, once once we finish praying for David and Elaine, if you're watching online and you're in Kettering, I believe you've been sent a Zoom link uh, so that you can Zoom in. So once we finish praying for David and Elaine, quickly hit that Zoom link. You will p- appear by magic on the screen in this room uh, so those of us praying can see you. Uh, so, um, But we'd love to pray for those from Kettering in the room as well. Hopefully no technical hitches. Okay. So the commissioning of Kettering Vineyard. David and Elaine, you have been called by God to work within the wider family of the vineyard as servants and shepherds among the people of Kettering and the surrounding areas. You must set the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, always before you as the pattern and model of your calling, sharing caring for the people God commits to your charge. You are to proclaim the word of the Lord, to preach and demonstrate the good news of the kingdom, and to call men and women to submit to the King Jesus in repentance and faith. You are to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to feed the hungry, to look after the orphans and the widows, to demonstrate Christ's love for the poor by loving them, touching their lives and meeting their needs as the Lord gives you grace. You are to lead the people in worship and prayer, to fast and to intercede for them, to offer love, mercy and acceptance and healing. You are to teach and encourage them by word and example, to bless them in the name of the Lord. Sounds like you've said all that already. (laughs) In the name of our Lord and Master, we remind you of the greatness of the trust now committed to your charge, about which you have been taught and trained in preparation for this ministry. You are to be messengers and watchmen and stewards of the Lord. You are to teach, to admonish, to correct, to rebuke and to feed the Lord's family. You are to train God's people for the work of ministry, so they are equipped to serve the living God in a variety of places and ways. Always remember with profound gratitude that the treasure entrusted to you is Christ's own flock, bought through the shedding of his blood on the cross. Remember that the congregation whom you are to gather and to serve are one with him. They are his body, serve them with joy. Build them up, their faith, and do all in your power to bring them to a loving, consecrated, costly obedience to Christ. And you cannot bear the weight of this privilege and responsibility in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. So each day ask the Lord earnestly and humbly to fill you with his Holy Spirit to enlarge and enlighten your understanding of the scripture so that you may be stronger and more mature in your ministry as you fashion your lives and those of your people on the word of God. 
to give you direction to wis- and wisdom from on high as you lead people to God. We know full well that long ago you began to just weigh and ponder all of this and that both of you are fully determined by the grace of God to give yourselves wholly to this work and to vote your best powers of mind and spirit in order to fulfill your calling. And we love that about you. So, therefore, my dear brother and sister, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Amen. So, what do you think? You up for it? I've got to say yes. (laughs) Amen. 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 So we're gonna we're gonna pray for David and Elaine. So the four of us will stand, um, but um, I just encourage those of you in the room to reach out uh, to them now, and we're just gonna pray God's blessing upon them, and we're gonna release them with our full blessing. Is my microphone still working? Yes, it is. Okay, why don't we stand? (laughs) We was thinking of getting like a long stick with a hand on, Um, but we forgot. (laughs) So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come right now. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill your servants again. Come. There you go. Come. Come, Lord. And Father, we pray that you will fully equip them for the work ahead. Come. Come, Lord. And Father, just pour out an abundance upon them right now. Everything they need, every gap, every um, area of where they feel there's lack and it needs filling. I just pray you come and do that right now. Come, come. Yeah, Father, I just pray that you will continue to remind them, Lord Jesus. You'll continue to remind them on the hard days just how far, Lord Jesus, they have come in you. Father, just remind them that those darkest days that they faced are in the past and that they can look forward that your light shines within them and it shines out of them, Lord Jesus. That, Father, you have called and chosen them. And although the journey may have seemed strange, Lord Jesus, you knew. You knew. Jesus. Your journey has been no mistake. The Lord is upon you guys to do this he's spoken so clearly and he would call you to remember those words thank you Jesus and so father we pray all that you've deposited in us as the central vineyard that you would deposit in these guys as well and multiply it Lord and multiply it We give our best away, Lord. We give our best away. And Lord, it's with delight 
and privilege that we release David and Lane with our full blessing, our full blessing, Lord, to pursue your kingdom in Kettering as in heaven. So have your way, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we have some folks from Kettering in the room. And so why don't you guys stand as well? Those of you who are going to be joining in and um, getting involved. And um, we've got some folks on screen as well. Give us a wave. They might not be able to hear us anymore. Um, <laughs> but we're going to pray for these guys as well. So um, Sam, do you want to lead us in prayer? Yeah. Father God. As we just, as we look around the room, as we look at Zoom, we know, Father, that you have blessed each and every one of these people. You have called and chosen them, Lord Jesus, for such a time as this. And Father, I just pray right now that your spirit will come upon each and every one of them. Father, you will remind them right now what you have called them to do what you have called them to be and that father they would all see themselves as as part of this jigsaw puzzle that each of them has a piece to play each of them has a role Lord Jesus to love and serve you not just individually but as a family Lord Jesus as the family of Kettering Vineyard We commission them, Lord Jesus, in your name. Come upon them. Yes. 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 That they would all know right now just how precious they are to you. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just pray each member of the Kettering Vineyard would know the part that they have to play uh, in this new family. That, Lord, you would just bring dreams and visions and and, and pictures of the future, Lord. You begin to mold people's hearts and, and reveal to them their God-given destiny uh, in that town and in that community. And so just have your way, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So just uh, I, I want to say as well to all of you guys um, and all those who are watching, online. Um, this is a major gateway for us, but there have been lots of little gateways along the way. And as we were praying this morning, I got a picture of that gateway. And I think just God wants you to go through the gateways in your life that will take you closer and closer to Jesus and walk with him. He wants you to listen to his voice, to hear his voice, and to do and to become the sort of person that he wants you to be, to become the person he wants you to be. And he wants to, uh, you to love him and love your neighbor as yourself and to do the things he wants you to do. And it's a real adventure. It's a gateway. It's a journey. But take the steps. Every one of you, just take the steps to walk with Jesus. It's just such an adventure and so exciting. We just want to encourage you to do that.
Amen. Amen. Well, that's all, folks. It's been a wonderful morning together. It's great to have you, uh, those of you who tuned in online this morning. Do, if you are new, connect with us via our website. We'd love to connect with you. But if not, we'll see you all next week. And if you are thinking about coming here on a Sunday, I just want to say we'd love to see you here. So do book a ticket when they go live tomorrow morning. Bye. <laughs>